Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, everybody. I want you to think of the best meal you've ever had in your whole life. Grill house. Grill house. <laughs> Matric dance, your wedding, Christmas. Think of, the, think of the best meal you ever had. Psalm 23, written by the warrior, poet, king, probably the greatest king Israel ever had. In the middle of Psalm 23, he says the following. He says, you lay a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, we sometimes think God doesn't love us because he just doesn't cause everything to go away. But to David, he says, you, you lay a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, a.k.a. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They come to a time where, they, where they're being persecuted and they replied to the king, they said, our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. And, and they get cast into the fire, but then it says, one like the Son of Man, the Son of God, walked with them. There was a fourth man in the fiery furnace. And, and God wants to say to you today, doesn't matter what you are facing in terms of trials, heartaches, lack, depression, physical need, whatever it might be, he wants to lay a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And you know what that means? It means you don't, you don't focus on the enemies. You focus on God's provision. You focus on His sustenance. You focus on His love. And they might be trying to snipe on the outside, but God wants to strengthen you. There's a table for you today. There's a table for you tomorrow and the days ahead. There's a table for the rest of your life, and then ultimately there's the banquet table of God that we will feast on in eternity. You know, God is into feasting. There's more in the Bible about feasting than fasting. Did you know that? We as, we as 21st century people, we, we have uh, maybe Christmas. You know, maybe if you're American, Canadian, you have Thanksgiving, and maybe for your birthday you have a feast. But, but in God's economy... What he gave to the Israelites was seven feasts. Can you believe it? In spring, they'd have three feasts, like one right after the other, Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread and Feast of First Fruits, all speaking of God. Fifty days later, they'd have the Feast of Pentecost. And then there's three more feasts right at the end. Autumn, Yom Kippur, etc., which, which are still going to be fulfilled in Jesus. I want you to think of the greatest feast that you ever had greatest meal. And I want to tell you, it compares nothing to the sustenance that God wants to give you now. The life he wants to give you now. Do you feel a bit like life isn't great? There is life and strength and a feast in God. Tony Campola tells a story of how he flew into Hawaii from America, super jet lagged. He arrived in the evening, couldn't sleep, went outside from his hotel, went to find a diner, Bit of a dodgy part of town, and he found this diner. It was one of those, like, just with a long table. There's just chairs all in a row. And only one in the diner. It was 3 o'clock in the morning, heavily jet-lagged. He asked the owner, uh, give me a donut and, and a coffee. And the guy wiped his hands and gave him a donut. And 
slapped some coffee in front of him, and he sat there just quietly praying and eating his donut and drinking his coffee. And about 3.30 in the morning, all of a sudden, in burst, about a dozen women prostitutes, boisterous, loud, brazen. And because he was sitting in the middle, they like sat all around him, and he just like <laughs> drank his coffee quietly while they were talking and laughing and complaining and just... And then the one said, you know, it's my birthday tomorrow. I'm turning 39. And the other prostitute said, well, what do you, what do you expect us to do? You, you want a cake? You know, kind of sarcastically. Anyway, they left. All the prostitutes, a few minutes later, they got their coffee and they carried on doing their business. And uh, Tony said to the owner, he said, do these women come here often? He said, most nights, they all come. And he said, and that lady who said it's her birthday tomorrow? He said, yes, Agnes, she comes every night. He said, could we have a party for her tomorrow when she comes in? He said, great idea. So he paid the owner, they pulled this thing together. Some uh, prostitutes, all like, seemed like every prostitute in Hawaii was there. <laughs> in, this, in this diner, and in came Agnes, and there was a cake with candles and streamers, and, and she saw this, and she was just blown out the water. And she said, I've never had a birthday cake. Nobody's ever celebrated me like this. She said, can I just take this cake quickly and go down two doors and show it to my mom? Because <laughs> they're saying, cut the cake. I don't want to cut the cake. <laughs> the cake is so beautiful. She valued that feast because she'd never had it. I want to say to you, will you value the feast of God? Will you value what God has for you? His heart is to bless you and to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. We're culminating, we're concluding our sermon series on, on Abide, and uh, we've had an incredible feast in the Word. The Word becomes flesh. The Word gives life. The Word feeds our spirit. Abiding together and, and abiding produces fruit. And, and today I'm going to talk to you about the banquet feast of God. What God has for us. How He wants to bless us. Now, as I mentioned to you already, in, in the Jewish context, eating was a big thing. And God speaks to us a lot about eating. And there's often great moments in Scripture which was eating, all revolved around eating. When the prodigal son returned, he was met with a banquet. When people were in need, he fed the 5,000. The last night, the night he was betrayed, he sat and had a last supper. And God wants you to consume him. God wants you to receive from him. You know what eating does? It transforms you. <laughs> I feel like I've been a bit too transformed. It's just a little bit too tight. But you take of something and it becomes part of you. It becomes part of you. Let's go to the Word of God. Jesus speaking in John 6, he says, As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread that the fathers ate and died, talking about manna. They ate manna, but they still died. Whoever feeds on this bread, talking about himself, will live forever. 
Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Now already the Jews had been challenging Jesus. He had fed the 5,000. Just earlier on, you can read it. And then they said to him, show us a sign. Show us that you're the real thing. Do like Moses did and do manna. And so he's answering them. He says, there's something far greater than manna. It's spiritual food to sustain you. And that spiritual food is me. And they said, they asked a question. They said, what must we do? What are you asking of God today? What do you need from God today? Where is your area of breakthrough? Where is your area of pain? Where is your area of need? Are you coming with an expectancy to be fed? Because God will feed you. God will meet with you. Jesus' response is not what they think it would be. He doesn't give them manna. He says, eat of me. Consume me. Consume my words. Become like me. And you'll be full. And you'll be transformed. Now, whether you like sci-fi or not, just imagine you go back 2,000 years and you find yourself in this place of being invited to an ancient Middle Eastern feast. Just imagine you walking through the desert and you come to this tent and, and you invite it in to eat the way they ate. Because if we're going to understand the scripture properly, we have to understand what it was to, to eat, what it was to feast. And and how they would eat in those days. And, and the first thing that you'd notice as you, as you come to the door of this tent would be the fragrances, would be the aroma, would be the smell. Okay, so if, if you're vegan, you wouldn't smell lamb. If, <laughs> you would smell hummus and tequila and fresh vegetables. And if you're not vegan, you smell lamb, right? Okay, so... But, but you would smell... And you would anticipate, there's such a close correlation in your brain, it's very close, between memory and smell. So you would smell the fragrances of, of what's to come, and maybe your stomach would just have a little turn. Smell is like faith. Smell is like, I'm anticipating something that is coming. I can sense it, I can taste it. This is going to be awesome. Without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. Everyone who comes to him needs to believe that he is and is the reward of those who diligently seek him. So, you know this. When you meet with your friends, your family, those that you're most comfortable, I mean, they get the best version of you, right? They laugh at your jokes, I hope, I hope. <laughs> they receive you. They receive you. Those... Those people that really love you really receive you. you know, Jesus spoke about how and when he went to his hometown, he could do no miracles because of their doubt and unbelief. Will you come today, even with your little bit of faith, even if you're a bit like doubting Thomas, where he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Even if you vacillate a little bit, will you come today and say, God, I want more of you. Will you come with an expectancy? I'm in the worship today, the sense of God's presence. Will you just say, Lord, I believe, help me go deeper. Lord, I believe, give me more. Will you be somebody who smells the meal and says, there's more for us? God's not done yet. Some of you, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and to make Jesus your Lord. Some of you are being called to go deeper. You've been a little bit spiritually anorexic. 
You're a bit malnourished. And as you hear the word, why don't you just say, Lord, I want to feast on you. I want to be strengthened. I want to be satisfied. Now, having arrived and, and you would have been kissed, maybe that some oil would have been put on your head, your, your feet would have been washed, you would enter into the tent. You know what they'd do? They'd ask you not to sit down, but to lie down. Okay? In those days, no chairs and tables. You would lie on your side, there'd be a mat to a very, very low table. And all the food would be in the middle and laid before you. And what does that speak of? Lying down on your left-hand side is a position of great vulnerability. I mean, you can't get up fast. You can't draw your sword. You can't protect yourself. It's a safe place, and it's a vulnerable place. And if you're going to eat of God, if you're going to receive Jesus, there has to be humility. 1 Peter 5 says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And that resist is literally MMA, like you're going one-on-one in the ring with God. You don't want to go one-on-one with God. You want to be in a place of saying, God, here I am. I know I've got more to learn. I don't have this whole thing together. I need your wisdom. I need your leading. You've already said, I anticipate some good things. And now you're saying, Lord, I humble myself. I humble myself to receive from you. I found out something this week that um, there's not enough heat nor pressure in the center of the sun for fusion to happen. Okay, I'm going like a bit geek now, all right? Okay. There's not enough pressure or heat at the center of the sun for fusion to happen. Did you know that? Did anybody know that? I don't know that. Okay, so you can read this afterwards. I'm not going to dive into it. The way that fusion happens in the sun, which causes the sun to burn, which causes us to have sunlight and plants and everything, is through something called quantum tunneling. Okay? Again, I'm going geek speaker. But the point is, the point is, something so basic, the sun happens by fusion. I don't even know, I, I don't even know anyway, to any extent how that really happens. There is so much that we don't know. So therefore, a little bit more humility. <laughs> a little bit more humility is required. God made you. God loves you. His commands are for your blessing and for your protection and for your provision. He wants to pour out life upon you. He wants you to feed of him and be, be blessed and prosperous. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. So it's not about you having to seek all those things. It's about you seeking God first. And that requires humility. Next, you would join a whole lot of people. Typically in the Jewish culture, you wouldn't eat alone. You wouldn't just eat with, with the host. There'd be a whole lot of guests there. Now, let me speak to the introverts for a moment. <laughs> and, and I think I've got like maybe 5% introversion. Sometimes, sometimes when the family wakes up in the morning, I'm like, oh no, now my beautiful quiet time alone is like disrupted. You know? I know lots of you are far worse than that. But God has made us for community. God has made us. This is our natural habitat. We are made to do this together. There are some of the promises of God, some of the blessings of God that are not for us as individuals. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Your natural habitat is not alone. Your natural habitat 
is in community. It's in church. It's with the fivefold. It's with all the gifts. I want to read something to you, which just speaks so beautifully to this. Sorry, this, this thing has gone sleepy. In Romans chapter 12, it says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, talking about the human body, you've got different parts to your body, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. You don't belong to yourself. If you're being biblical, we belong to each other. We've got a claim on each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. We are called to live in community. And what does that mean? That means loving and being loved. It means giving and receiving. I love what Tim Keller wrote. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. That's like the breakup. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It's actually on our wall, if I'm not mistaken. It's what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense. It humbles us from all our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. There's a whole lot of depression. There's a whole lot of sadness. There's a whole lot of angst happening in the world today because of COVID and the economic situation, etc. But in God and in God's people, we are strengthened. <laughs> Eat together. Don't do theology by yourself. Don't do life by yourself. God has got your best friends. He's got spiritual family for you. Amen. Let's do it together. The next thing that would happen is you'd be fed and it wouldn't be like a wedding buffet. You know, you go to a wedding and you like walk down and you know, you, I'll have a bit of this, none of that, none of that. I'll just have dessert. That's not how it worked in ancient times. The meals would be brought plate by plate, bowl by bowl. Typically, the host would start and he'd take some bread and he'd dip it and he'd pass you the piece of bread. So you didn't get to choose what you ate. You ate all that was given. Now, we're in this age of choice and you know, there's no end to the choice. But in God's economy, we are called to receive him as, as the lamb but also as the lion. We are called to receive him as, as our Savior, but also as our Lord. We are called to take a full diet of the Word of God. So where heresy comes in and cults develop and things go weird and strange is where people like lock onto some scripture, they amplify it, and they take the Word of God out of context. And they ignore other things. To be healthy, you need to eat the full diet that God has for you. This is why we sometimes preach we're going through a particular book of the Bible because we don't want to just hock on a particular theme. We want to say, what does God's scripture just what does God's word just say to us? And the feast that God has for you includes broccoli. Who loves broccoli? 
I'm starting to love broccoli, but at one stage, I don't know, broccoli was not my thing, you know? <laughs> Will you receive all that God has for you? Because in that, you'll be strong. In that, you'll be sustained. You're not going to be like a Christian with scurvy or vitamin D deficiency or, or rickets or whatever it might be. Eat all that God has for you. Now, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever had food poisoning, like really bad food, food poisoning. Sometimes you get food poisoning and then nothing stays in. It's, just, it's coming in and it's out, whichever way, you know? It's just, <laughs> it's not staying. Right? Graphic details we will spare, all right? Sometimes you've got a, a hurt, a brokenness, a pain. They cause you to sit in church, but you just, nothing happens to you. You don't receive the word. The word doesn't come to dwell in you because as soon as you hear it, you're like, no, 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 no. If you've got food poisoning, get help. <laughs> get help. Speak to your connect group leader. Come, we'll pray for, we're going to pray for people at the end. And God's going to do things. But if you've got spiritual food poison that just causes you just to stay broken, stay starving, stay hungry, because nothing sticks, just acknowledge it. We've all been at times where there's been something amiss in our soul. All of us. God gives grace to the humble. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another, that you'll be healed. So if that's you, if you know you've just got some offense or pain or hurt because of the church or authority figures or whatever it might be, just acknowledge it. Acknowledge it before the Lord and let us help you. Sorry, did I bounce onto that next slide? Make sure that you eat enough. <laughs> Make sure that you're not a spiritual anorexic. Have you ever done this? Like, you don't read the Bible the whole night, the whole day. You know, you watch Netflix all night. And then at 11 o'clock, you open up your Bible. You go, sorry, Jesus. You read one verse and you say, good night. Okay, lift up your hands if you've done that before. Or the equivalent. Lord, forgive us. <laughs> you've got so much more for us. God's word is to strengthen you. God's word is to sustain you. Don't be a spiritual anorexic. And then you wonder why next day you're in a conflict, next day you're in a crisis, next day you're in a time of need. And you respond with fear, you respond with anxiety, you respond in the flesh. Because you haven't eaten enough. Because you haven't eaten and, and satisfied yourself in the Word. Having eaten, they bring out the coffee. And now it's that happy time of deep satisfaction as digestion starts to take place. And what is digestion? It's where what you've eaten becomes part of you, right? Sam and I went to Nigeria, and uh, it was a funny trip. We, 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 we bought presents together for our wives, and then, then they found out we'd bought the same present. And uh, it, was a, it was a great trip, though. <laughs> <laughs> they compared notes. It was so embarrassing. It was a great present that we bought, but anyway, I digress. What struck us was after the word was preached, they would say this, okay, let's pray the word. 
let's pray the word. And all the people that were there, they prayed the word in, in, inside themselves. You know, it's no use hearing the word and not allowing it to be absorbed into you. Not allowing Jesus to become, you become like Jesus and Jesus to be in you. When you eat food, it's so that you might get proteins, that you might get carbs, that you might get those enzymes. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for hearing me talk to whatever extent you're listening and not on your phone. <laughs> but can you digest it and make it your own? James chapter 1 talks about people who, who hear the word and then don't do it. He says it's like people who look in the mirror and forget what they look like, which is ridiculous, right? I think I said this to you before. I mean, I might not like what I see. I might notice something new. But I always recognize myself. Can we be people who take the word of God and allow it to transform us? You know, may we have powerful times in the presence of God. May we have great theology. But unless you're doing the word of God, unless you're living the word of God, those, those experiences don't count for much in the long run. They're wonderful, but they don't count for much. Billy Sunday said, I don't care how high you jump when the Holy Spirit comes on you, as long as you walk straight when you come down. <laughs> so I say, great doctrine, great theology, more Holy Spirit, but also more faithfulness to the Word that we become, what the Word God says we are and what we're called to do. I love this verse or passage of Scripture, Isaiah 55, because it's a feast that God offers to us. And we just need to say yes. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters and he who has no money, come buy and eat. You don't pay for it. Jesus does it. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? You're pursuing things that don't satisfy, that are not blessing you, not fulfilling your life. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. This is the invitation to the banquet. To satisfy your soul. To fill you. To bless you. To give you all the strength that you need for today. The table in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of difficulties, in the presence of disappointments, in the presence of fears, distractions, there's a table that God offers to you. Will you eat of it today? Will you say, Jesus, I want more of you? And will you eat of it in the days ahead? Right at the beginning of this sci-fi story of going to middle, the Middle East, you, have, you would have received an invitation. Unless you say yes to the invitation, nothing happens. We've got to say yes. Jesus is the ultimate gentleman. He stands at the door and knocks, Revelation 3.20. And he who says yes gets to sup with him. Now in Luke, in Luke 14... Jesus has this big supper with a whole lot of rich people, Pharisees. And he says this. He says, 
A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time the banquet came, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. They said, I've just bought a field. Please excuse me. I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I mean, why do you need five yoke of oxen? Is another story. You just need one yoke. <laughs> and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. It's like entertainment. Still another said, I've just got married. Entertainment, work, relationships, finances, all these excuses that we're saying, I'm not going to come to the banquet. There's an invitation from Jesus for you, for life and life abundantly. Don't say no. Can we pray together? God has made us in his image. You are beautiful. You're incredible. And yet, you know that sin has separated you from God. Your sin, your failings, your flaws. You do things that you don't want to do. You rebel against God. And you end up hurting yourself. And, and all of us do that. And all of us have done that. And the answer is Jesus. He pays the price for our sins, we don't, that we don't have to pay the price. What do we need to do? We need to respond to him. We need to respond to, to his invitation to, to a banquet, an invitation to be our Lord and Savior, an invitation to laugh and laugh abundantly. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you're my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God wants to give you freedom today. But what you need to do is respond to the invitation. If you know that your failings, your sin, your mistakes, whatever you want to call them, have separated you from God, and you want to be received by Him and receive His forgiveness and receive His love, I want to give you an opportunity. This is for you, not for me, to respond. I'm going to ask you, that you decisively say yes to God. You don't just say it quietly, but you lift up your hands if that's you. Thank you, young man. Who else? Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else? By lifting up your hand, you're saying, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of doing it my way. Church, can we all stand together? I'm going to ask one more thing. If you lifted up your hands, I would love to pray for you. And we want to help you on this journey. We want to be that community I spoke of. So if you lifted up your hands, or even if you didn't, but you want to go forward in Jesus, won't you please come to the front now? And, and as they come to the front, can we just celebrate? The angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner. Just, won't you come to the front, please? Come to the front. Come to the front. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. If your heart is beating and you know you need to come up, just come up now. Is there one more person? 
Won't you pray this prayer loud? And church, won't you support them by praying it as well? Lord Jesus, I repent. I turn from doing it my way. And I choose to follow you. I receive you as my Savior. I declare that you are Lord. I will follow you. I will eat of the table. I will receive. In Jesus' name. Amen. We, let's celebrate. We, we want to give you some literature. We want to give you some literature, pray for you, and just help you. Can you just give us five more minutes, and then you'll be back with your family. Um, there's Zale, there's a pastor, they're just going to chat to you. So grab your handbag or whatever you need to, and, and then go there. All right, church, if you know... If you want more, if you want more, if, if there's a bit of a lack of a feast in your life, or you just know you just maybe a little bit malnourished from spiritual broccoli, can you just lift up your hands and we pray together? You just want more, or there's a particular area of your life. Lord, as we lift up our hands, Lord, we say we receive you. We want you, Lord God. We want the fullness of what you have, Lord God. Lord, we can smell it. We can anticipate it. We come with faith, Lord God. Lord, we, we, we bow ourselves, Lord, as, we, as we're lifting up our hands, Lord, we're saying we surrender. And we say, come in, Lord God. Give us a full diet, Lord, a full diet of, of all that you have, that we'd be strong, that we'd be mighty, that our lives would be rich and full. In Jesus' name, amen.